And then he said, don't wish it was easier, wish you were better. Don't wish for less problems, wish for more skills. I can't catch a break, guys. Yeah. Get them the fuck away from me. I can't, I can't be around those guys. People think, oh well, cleaning your room, that's just a cliche. It's like, yeah, really, eh? Just go ahead and try it. If people had any idea how powerful sleep is for healing from anything, and the fact that it's free. My mind is absolutely bulletproof, solid as a rock. Podcast. So guys, welcome to another Fighting Fit show. Today we are joined by myself, Chris and Brandon and everybody listening. The topic of today's podcast is going to be the level method, why it's important to apply progressive overload to your training and regularly assess your progress. So I know you guys love the level method system as I do as well. It provides a nice, simple, clear roadmap. It helps us assess clients and where they're at, where they're have room for improvement and provides a step-by-step plan ascension uh, in terms of kind of how to, how to help them get there. Um, so maybe we'll start off with yourself, Brandon. What do you think uh, about the level method? Well, sorry, I was just uh, just reading up on it there. I'm in the wrong stream. There we go. Right. So yeah, what I love about the level method is the structure it provides to people who might not know anything about health and fitness. So obviously from a coaching perspective, it's very easy for me to set goals for people because you know, I've done this for years. I've got a large array of exercise in my head and I can kind of assess a client's goals and their strengths and their weaknesses. But even now that I'm just kind of rattling on about it, it's a process. Whereas the level method, everybody comes in, they get assessed, we can see where they're at and then we can let them set their own goals by their own nature. Because when you give somebody a chart, you know, if they're not broken in terms of confidence, you know, they they get slightly competitive with themselves and they go, oh, well, look, I don't want to be X. I want to be this. And so they set themselves targets just because they feel like they could be doing better. And everybody kind of has an idea of where they would like to be. And when the level method shows you and reflects that in terms of a color, it creates a very, for beginners, a stark difference of like, oh, geez, I didn't realize that I was, well, I, I thought I was good at squats. I thought my legs were strong. And the other side of it as well is that it really highlights strengths, which I think is very, very important and motivating for anybody starting out. I know a common conversation I have with an awful lot of people is, oh, geez, I haven't done anything in years. And then they might come along and get something like a blue or an orange and running. And I go, oh, hey, you know, where did that come from? Like, oh, geez, about six years back, I, I tried to run a marathon. It's like, oh, well, there it goes. So, you know, we often think we use it or lose it. And when we think that we lose it, we lose it altogether often enough we lose conditioning we lose sharpness and you know it needs a little bit more polish but it doesn't disappear altogether and that to me was even for myself very very insightful because i thought geez i'm you know maybe you do go back to scratch and that's not the case at all and i know from testing with clients at the minute you know they might not we might not have done deadlift in months and months and months and months but the deadlift sticks around and the level method is a very good way of kind of measuring and showing that and when it's colorful and we have all these different standards that people start to become familiar with. It's like, it really is meaningful to people. Like when people are like, Oh, gee, oh I want to get that purple deadlift. Oh, I want to get that blue. And it doesn't even, it could be something that nobody even cares about. Who cares about Rowan? You know, most people don't care about Rowan, but if they've got a board full of blues and one yellow and Rowan, like they'll take a person and they'll go to work on the Rowan. Whereas that person without the level method might never have any interest in Rowan. Like a bit like myself, 
I really got into the rings there recently with, not recently, but six months ago now, with the level method. And I probably wouldn't have looked to progress onto the rings if, if it wasn't for it. So it's really, really, it's a great way for setting goals for people who wouldn't know how to set goals. And then as a coaching tool, it's absolutely amazing because it helps you set goals at scale, which is amazing. And, and track them at scale. You know, you don't need sheets of paper and like that. It's all color coded. It's, it's an amazing system. Yeah, that's obviously what I like about it as well. It really kind of scales personalized coaching. That's what I like about it. That's kind of why we, we decided to kind of invest in it, invest in the program because um, it scale, it makes it more, makes group training more personal. And even for Chris doing the programming, it allows him to scale each workout to the individual as well, depending on their, on the level, what they're good at, what they're not so good at. So there, Chris, I'll let you jump in. What are your thoughts on the, on the level method overall? Um, so what I think is really, really cool about it is at whatever point you get assessed at, like you know exactly what the next level is and it's not always not always but 90 percent of the time it's just within reach so like you know your deadlift it goes from let's say 105 to 115 for three reps can you do like you can do 105 and 115 doesn't seem like it's just like it's that much and you try and then the weight just won't budge but then all of a sudden so you know that you're just this close to getting it um and i think that is really motivating because uh you know it makes it simple. You know exactly what you have to do to become better. And you literally couldn't do it before. And then once you get it, you have uh, improved. So one of the best things for me anyway is seeing in PTs or even in classes where someone actually does get a level up and it means so much to them. Uh, it's just like they're all invested, they're invested in it, which is really, really cool. It makes it easy to invest in. Uh, there are some that um, are not as easy to level up. So some of them are strict jumps. So... You can go from doing ring dips. For me, this is the strict one for me. Um, ring dips, you have to do weighted ring dips with a certain percentage of your body weight, and then it just goes strict ring muscle up. And you're like, all right, I'd never practiced the strict ring muscle up right like that before. Didn't even know how to do it, but it's setting in this journey to sort of figure out how to actually get there. Because if I can't do it, I can't teach any of the clients to do it. And uh, that's what's really cool. It, it facilitates growth very, very uh, efficiently. Yeah, that's one of my favorite things and one of my favorite experiences for people and even for myself is like it's very very it's a very powerful experience to go on when you start a grassroots and grow and so for toxic some people with skipping or their double unders like how many people have we had conversations or push-ups or pull-ups where they're no more close to a pull-up than they are to getting an extra six grand in their pay packet a week and they have and they just have to start climbing at it you know it's like oh you know i'm, I'm never gonna get it. it's like right well let's start a grassroots then and let's start a rat and if you can take somebody who can't even skip to doing 25 double unders alternate with singles like they feel an incredible amount of self-confidence and pride and now for me again we come back to identity it's like that is so identity shift because now you're somebody who instead of it coming at a problem going oh i i can't do that you'll go okay, I know what it's like to not be able to do something or not even be anywhere close and to go on that journey and to progress and progress and progress and now come to a point that I'm actually competent and maybe even confident in it. It's like that to me is invaluable for, you know, your human experience, not just fitness, but obviously for fitness is going to be amazing as well to have that experience of, oh, I can't do something too. Oh, I can just learn. I'm the kind of person who learns or what we call a growth and fixed mindset. That's it. I was just gonna, I was going to jump in on that point uh, because one of the things that I see people coming in with, especially people who maybe have a little bit of lower self-esteem, uh, when they come in, 
they generally do have a fixed mindset. And when they come in, they'll say stuff like, oh, my legs are strong, but my arms just aren't. Um, oh, I can't skip. I haven't skipped since I was like 10. Like silly stuff like out there where they limit themselves before they even start. And then so they'll come in and it'll be almost like a self-fulfilling prophecy. You know, then they'll try it and they'll try it and they'll do bad. And I'll be like, all right, uh, like especially for the skipping, I'll be like, you have a tax of 1,000 attempts before you can even assess if you're good or bad at this. And then by like, we, we don't really count the, the attempts, but it just get, gives them leeway to fail. And then once they fail a few times, they start getting into a rhythm. And then like, so three jumps turns to seven, seven jump turns to 10, 10 jumps to 15, 15 jumps to 20. Then they go back and they're stuck at 17 for ages. And then they go back up to get 25 finally. And they, what that does is that challenges the belief of the fixed mindset of like, I'm stuck at this position and this is the way I've always been. It shows them that way like a concentrated effort they will improve and then that's a a framework that they'll take with all the other uh, levels as well and then you see progress progress in mobility you see progress in strength because they get a return for their actions and their effort how 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 sad is it that most people haven't experienced that up until that point in their life like obviously like i love to get to be a part of it and i get to be one of i love that i get to be one of the people that get to facilitate that but i mean like What's missing that after, you know, umpteen years in school and that people don't have that ingrained in them already? Like, I mean, like, and I, I didn't until I started working with Fighting Fit. Lots of negative reinforcement, negative experiences, um, failure, setbacks, uh, lack of encouragement. That that would probably do it. Yeah, no, I, no, I get it. But I mean, like, why, why is there not an inbuilt system? Why is the system, why is the system yeah. not set up to solve this problem? Yeah, exactly. So I can see it. Like, like why, why is this not a priority? Yeah, is one of the most important things that you can learn as a human. And it's like, it seems to be like really, really beneficial to people across all areas of their life. Like we, how many times have we seen it where people develop a group mindset and then you can, like they start telling stories about, you know, outside things are changing for them as well. It's like, that's yeah. really, really, like, it's, it's amazing. Because the other side of the coin is a lot of people that don't like to test because, you know, it's um, it's going to make them feel bad. You get what I'm saying? Because it's going to reinforce these limiting beliefs that we already have, let's say. You know, so it's just an opportunity for our inner voice or inner critic to be right. Because, But it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy because you don't believe you can do it. You never put the effort forth. It's like you need to jump in with two feet in the sense that like, you know, I need to believe this is possible or you will never try your best. I find that. Or, or this, or this, the quote, fail, someone came in this morning, I think it was uh, Mairead, she was talking about, you know, fail forward. And it's yeah, like, and that, that's that the thing. It's like fail forward is like, it's like, listen, we're lo- like, we're looking to go to failure here. It's like, if you don't fail this session, we didn't give it our all. It's like, if we, if we just gr- do this session, do the stuff that we can, it's like, I'm not only expecting you to fail i'm encouraging it like, i want you to fail i want you to hit your breaking point that's the idea obviously is safely but it's like if we, if we just stay in the realm of what we know it's like and that is like this is the mindset it's like where we are afraid of failure because or maybe it's our ego gets in the way maybe you know when we grew up when we failed we did get scolded for it or embarrassed for it or whatever like that but it's like failure is an attempt like that's how you get better There's, as you said your tax it's like hey yeah it's like we're supposed to be how many fails until i get it right yeah i've used i've used that uh since i since i first heard it the, the beginner's tax it's just such a good way to I just okay you gotta do 100 you haven't even tried yet. so it's like oh would you expect to be good at it the first time you try like is that like, reasonable we just pick up a bar there's a, a question 
a question I always ask, they're like, oh, I'm not very strong. I'm like, how strong should you be? And then they're like, ah, ah, ah. Yeah. so how, like, how strong should you be? How fit should you be? How mobile should you be? Given your life experience and your, like, um, your journey so far, how strong should you be? And then the answer is always like, uh, yeah, probably not very strong. <laughs> or like, yeah. I've never, it's like, how many times have you trained push-ups? Never. So, and you expect to be good at them just like that. It's yeah, a. Okay, can you guys see my screen? We yes. can. Just, cause just, just on that point that you made, Chris, like, you know, how, how, how strong should I be? How fit should I be? According, this is kind of what the, the level method kind of sets up here. It sets, again, a, a system for which you to, you know, to grade yourself upon. Um, and you can look at this here, you know, the spectrum of health. This is something that yeah, I think is pretty cool. Um, I would like, where, where should we be? Where is the wellness zone? The wellness zone is here is blue and purple. A lot of people would yeah. consider that to be quite advanced. Um, you know, like we'd say, like, you know, you consider maybe white and yellow to be beginner, orange, but again, high orange is still kind of in that wellness zone. So maybe, you know, orange, yeah. three, blue, purple, brown. And then ending after brown is really just about, you know, elite fitness. Um, where it's kind of that high orange, blue, orange zone. You're kind of really in that wellness zone where you're fit, strong, flexible. And there's an enormous like body of research on, you know, people that are fitter have better cardiovascular health, they're much more resistant. These people who are stronger are much more have much better mobility into the later, later years of their life. Um, you know, there's so but it's, it's like, but I feel like part of it is the standards are so low. Um, or is like, or do you feel like the standards are just very high on the level method? What do you guys think? No, I was I was gonna I was gonna say the exact same thing. And this is where we need to come into the growth mindset. If you're if you're listening to this podcast and maybe that is scaring you a little bit, it's like, yeah, it's like we need to change your standard. Like we 100 percent need to change your standard because it comes comes up for me time and time again, you know, where people are just kind of settled and they're like, Oh, well, you know, I lost a stone. It's like, listen, I've got bad news for you. <laughs> like you have another three to lose. I'm like, what? Yeah. I'm like, yeah, it's yeah. like the standard for you and the standard for me, and well, the standard for me is always like I don't want to, I don't want to preach to anybody. And say, but for, the standard for me has always been it's like athletic. Like we don't have to be a high performance athlete. It's like, but if you don't feel and look athletic, it's like you're settling. It's like, and you need to change the standard. It's like, but I can't do a push. That's fine. How many fails until you can? And yeah. one thing that's changed for me massively in the last three four years is like. I'm now no longer afraid of the work and I'm now, now no longer afraid of failure. That's something that massively held me back before was that the work terrified me and the thought of failing absolutely shattered my ego. So I just could not handle it at all. And it's like, and once we kind of settle the ego down and we can go, right, it's okay to fail here. In fact, it's great that you're failing. That's how you know that you're really pushing the boundaries. And then you know, obviously we have to, we have to keep trying to go in the right direction and we have to lift that standard up because otherwise, like, well, are you happy? If like, you know, are you healthy? Yeah. Let me see here. And Steve, where do you think the most of the value lies in the level method? Where I feel most of the value lies, I think it's develops in the, the benchmarks, the standards. So kind of having benchmarks and standards to to objectively measure yourself against because you know it's it's, it's can be quite hard to be objective. Like you no, know, like I can only do ten kilos last week, do twenty kilos this week, but it's like yeah, still twenty kilos is still fuck all. So you know, let's keep going. Um, so just saying, <laughs> objective, objective standards. I think I think which is important. Um, 
and then it's just the roadmap. It's the roadmap. So it's now I've got a clear path. What's next? What's next? What's next? It's quite varied. It, there's 15 different categories of functional fitness. So it's not kind of pigeonholed. You know, there's like, you know, the rings and stuff like that. We've got a little bit of gymnastics. We've got mobility. We've got lower body strength, upper body strength, fitness tests, lactic tolerance, you know, lots of different kind of skills in there. You know, Olympic lifting is a is a good skill. Skipping is a skill. These things require neurological development. You know, these are all important things. They feel like if you just stick to the system and you try and, you know, for most people, try and get to blue and maintain blue, I feel should be everybody's goal. Pretty much everybody in the gym yeah. is capable of being a blue. There are people that think they're capped out of orange. No, you're, you are capable of being a blue. Um, I think, um, just real quick, uh, I think one of the things, one of the key indicators for blue athletes or the key benefits is a general sense of uh, vitality compared to when they were yellow or let's say orange. So like yellows, um, which are working out hard, uh, oranges, Working out is challenging. Blues, working out starts to become fun. That's what I think. And I think uh, I see that when the people get their bands and all that jazz. Like the people who get to blue, they get this sense of not like they don't like come to me saying, I feel so vital. But like when I'm looking at them in the workouts, there's a change. And then there's also one of the cool things I think about it as well is the social, let's say, the social way. So like if someone's a blue, like when I'm dividing everyone up, all right, yellow's here, orange is here, blue's over here, purple's over here. Like, so like the purples are like the cool kids in the class. You get me there off. So I don't really have to watch them at all that much. I can trust them that they're going to work hard. They're going to do all this sort of stuff because they've learned the lesson, they've progressed into it and they see the value in, in training. But on top of that, they're surrounded by other purples who are also trying to get brown and trying to level up and these sort of things. So they, it's like steel sharp and steel, which is really, really cool to see someone grow into. And I think all of that starts at blue. Because I just sure. I just seen that like I feel like a lot of people would kind of look at that and kind of think the could, could you know there's an argument that 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 is a negative you know the you know people who are fit or blah 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 but like as you said iron sharpens iron like the best thing you can do is to be training beside somebody who's the same level as you so you can kind of push each other just hard enough just hard or enough. or above or slightly above. But this, I'm well, saying, just enough. But 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 you could listen. You can steal their soul by doing twenty burpees and they can only do five. You're like fucking hell. I'm doing yeah, yeah, yeah. three. I'm doing one. But if they're doing maybe one, one and a half, and they're slowly but surely creeping on you. You go that a little bit harder to keep up, essentially. Yeah, because that's like, why are you exercising? Why are you exercising? Like you know, like so the like progressive overload. Like you got to be trying to do more reps, trying to add more weight. And again, not all the time. So we go through seasons and and all this kind of stuff. Fair enough. But like the overall objective should be to level up, to test yourself, to see. Am I making am I making progress? And again, like maybe, you know, not every testing season is going to be smashing up the levels, but every other one, every second one, every third one, at least until you reach, you know, blue. <laughs> you know, and then I you know it's like, right, how hard do you really want to work here for purple, like you know, um, or brown or black or whatever? Because like you know, you have to be a, a, a dedicated athlete and lift really have some people are just averse to lifting heavy things like some people just don't like necessarily all aspects of exercise people have their let's say their personal preferences but with the lead med system you have to you know be be well-rounded let's say and that's kind of really what functional fitness is all about i think yeah, and sometimes you have to embrace the suck that's it sometimes yeah. you just gotta you gotta do exactly. stuff you even if you don't like do. it you know and even if you don't like cardio you have to get the run done even if you don't like lifting heavy weights <coughs> and you got to try and squat it you got to deadlift it or whatever we've got a lot of strong i think they seen the high there put up this morning 105 kilos for a for a deadlift like you know we've got a lot of strong this members like you know there's loads of purples and browns and this kind of stuff now like people that are really and there's you know, more like, there's more and more coming that's the cool yeah. thing like i'm so excited to train like seeing um a like let's say potty 
Potty has been uh, Potty King has been doing like his bit. He's been working real, real hard, and he's getting a lot leaner and a lot lighter. And like one of the things, like oh, everyone's getting easier. You know, like pull ups are getting easier, push ups are getting easier, the burpees are getting easier. Everyone's starting like it's starting to, to line up. And he's getting stronger and he's getting fitter. But like when I te- like if I'm checking on him in the middle of a session and I'm like, um, man, burpees are going way better, push ups are looking smoother. You know, like he will like confirm it, and then like he sees the 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 return on investment for his effort, and then he starts working harder. Yeah. And it's so cool. It's so cool to see that. And then if he is training, like the other day, he was training with Benny. Benny, who's brown, he's one of our one of our top sort of athletes. Um, but then like going head to head for for Rex, which is so so cool to see. And Joe, yeah. one starts pushing a little bit more. Everyone starts like, oh, Paul, he's doing them a little bit better than you. And he'll start going a little bit deeper in the pushups. Like uh, it's yeah. it's really, really cool. There's really is not better now. That's kind of really something that we're trying to we're trying to replicate. Like with, with fighting fit, is that kind of you know that kind of vibe you got at the boxing club? Like only for like had Trey Cooney as my training partner, had other training partners, people to compete with you on the runs, people to kind of compete with you on the bags. You know, though you weren't fighting each other, it's like who's working harder here? I think because I think like that's one of the be- greatest benefits of group group training, group exercise, or even partner training. And one of the reasons yeah. why that is is because somebody else would drag you to a place that will break you physically and mentally. And it's like, and that's that's where the real growth. Obviously, like again, not to the point where you're actually, but it's like where you are gone. Like for toxic like Benny and 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 body for toxic. Like, like two of them working to the point nobody was going to dig that deep without the other one. And it's like, yeah. like to that to that point where it's like, oh, like we've made a change here now. Like we are after we are after breaking new ground. Um, but something I would say, just kind of back on that, uh, which is funny, Chris you know, unconsciously, I'm not sure if you're aware, but we all, we all kind of do it from time to time in class because it's such a rarity, but it's the white bands. Like we sometimes don't even mention the white bands. And when you ask me like, what's, what's like some of the, or we ask even like, what's some of the best value for the level methods? Like for me, it's, it's having, having the white bands. It's like for us to be able to have a class that Benny can be in and somebody else can be in who literally has never been to the gym before. And the white is that safety net. Like, like I would have no problem throwing anybody ever into a white workout. Like there's, there's so like, and they're challenging, but they're so simple. Like there's still get wrong. Like the pace can be there from time to time. And you know, it, it can't, can be challenging, but it's like the weights are light. The, in terms of like, movements flexing, are simple, super simple. It's the bare basics. And to literally have something available in every single workout, that is the bare basics that anybody could do. And then it's scaled all the way up. It's like, the value in that, I feel, is just absolutely incredible because we can take on anybody. Like, I actually, really- wait there, wait there. On that point, on that point. So uh, last week, um, when I was at the gym, I was practicing on the parallettes for some calisthenics sort of stuff, and I'm going to be starting to get into some of that sort of stuff. And on that, uh, I seen a video, and it was how to do this uh, like lever uh, thing where you're on one parallel, you're holding like this here, and it just shows you know, like. This is like 10% progression, 20% progression, uh, 30, 40, 50, 60, you know, all the different variations. And when I, I was watching the video, I was like, I can do that one. I can do that one. I can do that one. I can't do that one. And it marked out exactly where I needed to be. So the cool thing about the level method as well, because if if I, like, I was an absolute, like, I've never done calisthenics or stuff, except apart from maybe a bit of yoga. Uh, but the thing that it shows it gives you access to what the beginner level is. Like it gives you access to being able to, to support yourself on the rings. And before you can even support yourself in the rings, can you support yourself stable? All right, you can't do that. Well, then can you plank and support yourself from your elbows? So like there's the levels of progression because they're so incremental. You, you can be a complete beginner 
and slowly develop into an absolute athlete, which is super, super, super cool. And you know exactly how far away you are too. Yeah. Yeah. Totally and again, like, the, so whole, so the whole thing is with the, with the progress, sorry, Brandon, is the, like, right. that's how you get motivated. When you see yourself going from level one to level two, like psychologically, progress equals motivation. So while I do, like, if you don't assess yourself, if you never weigh and you don't know if you're losing any weight, if you never put the put the measuring tape around your hips, you don't know if you how many inches you're losing. People kind of, it provides an opportunity to objectively measure your progress, and that's extremely motivating. That's literally why what keeps us going. That's literal motivation. Like we start from because of pain or pleasure. You know, we're in a place of pain. We're sick of feeling like shit. We're too much overweight or whatever. You know. Or, or we've got a vision, a, a exciting vision for the future. We want to look this certain way on, on the on the beach or win the championship or get back in the football team. So it's either heaven or hell. That's what gets us started. And then what keeps us going is seeing that it's actually working. The sacrifices I'm making are working. Otherwise, people just get pissed off and quit. You know, bitter and you know they they, they don't want to do it. Um, but that's that's kind of why that part of it's so important. And with the as you mentioned with the guys I mentioned that you know as you move towards blue, let's say exercise, let's say it gets easier because it's also incorporated into the system. Because one of the strength categories is relative strength. You know, like if you're 30, 40 percent body fat, you're not going to be banging out. Well, you, it's possible, but it's going to be a lot harder to be banging out. You know, muscle ups and, and pull ups and, and and different things like moving your body weight. And obviously, a lot of the exercises are you know like put a quarter of your body weight on the bar. So if you're just leaner. You know, it's going to be an easier for you relative to say your weight to power ratio, weight to oh, strength ratio. Here's a good one. It's a great way to ensure that you're monitoring your body weight and maintaining the weight that you actually lost. I had a client there the other day, and we were moving on in upper body pushing. We were moving into overhead press, and the weight that they could press was I don't know, like fifty kilo, right? And it was like point eight of their body weight or something like that. Those numbers are off, right? Let's say 0.4 of their body weight, right? 0.4 of their body weight or whatever. And the weight that they could press was 50 kg. But for the level that they wanted, they needed to press like 57 over the head at their current body weight. And I said to him, I was like, listen, there's two ways that we can get this level because it's a percentage of your body weight. You can lose the extra weight and the number you're after pressing, which was 50 kilo, would be not only purple too, but purple three, if you were lean, because realistically we shouldn't be that body body weight. We should be a lighter weight, and so in relative to your strength, you are strong enough, but not a, you're strong enough for a lighter weight, but you're not strong enough at your current weight. And so if we lose yeah. five kg, you'll automatically bump up two levels because performance is not the issue. It's your weight is the issue. And so if you're an athlete and you're trying to progress in the level method, and every once in a while it's going to throw at you pull-ups at a percentage of your body weight, dips at a percentage of your body weight, overhead press at a percentage of your body weight. It's like, well, we're going to try and squat make endurance sure. endurance is a percentage of body weight as well, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, squat endurance again. So lots of different metrics at a percentage of your body weight. And so it's like, that you're going to want to make sure that that's on track or you're going to be suffering for it. Yeah, yeah. Because it, it, it's, it's, it's important. It's, there's a reason that all Olympic athletes are, you know, 8 to 12% body fat. You know, kind of having a good weight to power ratio is, is important. As Chris said, that's that's partly what makes the exercise easier, I find. You know, when you're carrying an extra 10 pounds, 20 pounds, like you feel it in the workout, you know, and then we kind of get leaner, you just, you just, you're just more, uh, more springy. There's a bit more spring in your step. It's easier to move around. Like, so if you put 10 kilos in your back, in your backpack, like you notice that. Like, not 100%. Notice that just kind of nonchalantly walking around every day. I think, know, we, I think people really around. underestimate. I think because they walk, like if you walk around, you have a lot of excess body fat and you're heavier, so you're sort of just used to it. 
and uh, like just imagine like I give you a ten kg uh, dumbbell, just just a ten kg dumbbell. All right, I'm like hold that around all day. <laughs> or more, or more so even relative to the level, if I said, okay, do ten squats, do ten push-ups, do a pull-up. You know, it's obviously going to make things harder. You have got a weighted chain around your belt, whether you like it or not. So it's also important to kind of note that that, that at, at a certain point you do need to. Um, level up with the body fat percentage. But what, what would you guys say is is a reasonable target? Say male, typical male, female, thirty years old. What kind of what kind of body fat percentage do you like to see people people below? Um, I would like to see people anywhere between fifteen and twenty percent. I think it depends yeah. on the on males. the person. For for males, yeah, fifteen fifteen and twenty percent because so uh, fifteen is where you start looking athletic. Uh, the abs are starting to be shown and all that sort of stuff. Twenty percent is where like. So you don't really have abs, but you have a good shape. You're not overweight or whatever it is. And you don't have to make too many sacrifices to uh, in regards to your diet. So, like, you can still live your life and all that. still be fit. Um, would the relative strength go up if you got leaner? Yeah. Um, but sometimes what I find is that as the relative strength goes up, it's like a balancing act. Like, as the relative, relative strength increases, objective strength can decrease. Can decrease. So like I, I so never some my people, so some people are only lifting like because again it's like the the deadlift is a counter lever. You're 150 kilos. It's much easier for you to lift big weight. If you lost, say if you were 30, 40 percent body fat, you lost you know three four stone. Now you're attempting that same lift at 120 kilos. It's much harder to move mass, moves mass. So it's much harder. So that is not even 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 with that. Right? Like it's not even even with the big weights. Like I did it from 82 kilos down to 75. And like the difference in terms of strength and leverage and everything is massive. Like I couldn't like lean back as much. I don't know how to explain it. So it's not. Yeah. So like the difference, it went from fucking from two fifteen to like one ninety. I was like, oh god. Now in saying that as well, obviously I was in a sustained calorie deficit for a while and all that jazz too. But I I definitely noticed. But my pull ups and muscle ups were like laughably easier. Yeah. And then as I went up to up the weight, like I remember I learned how to muscle up. And then I was bulking. I gained a good bit of weight, and I couldn't muscle up anymore. I just couldn't do it. I'm like, what the hell? What just happened? Uh, so that it, it does like there is a balancing act to 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 get. Now it doesn't mean that like just because I got leaner that I lost Joe my all my strength and my fitness or whatever. It's just that I needed to uh, build my strength without the lever. You can still progress the overload. For example, do you think that that would be the same for your squat? Like, or is it just the deadlift because it's a lever exercise, or do you think you're no, no, it, same, well? it was the same on my squat and same on my bench. And you, but it's so, but again, do you think that's because of the deficit or because you were lighter? Because uh, I was lighter for like, squat, I think for, for the squat and for and for the bench as well. For the bench, for the bench as well, yeah, yeah, because I mean, um, different. You said, I'm thinking, like, what, what is the what is the movement mechanics that because obviously it's, it's easy to explain with the deadlift because obviously it's a counter lever movement, but obviously, you think being being leaner would help. Squat. With the squats because you're you're driving less weight up, same with the bench press. But 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 like generally, I know I know what he's saying to be true. Like people are heavier, yeah. can just move more, can just move more. Yeah, weight. like when I when I was heavier, like my squat was way better than when I was leaner. In terms of in terms of just raw umph to give. Uh, now this it could be completely anecdotal. Uh, I'm not like when you're saying it like. It feels like I should be wrong with the squat because I'm carrying less weight uh, on my own body, but and the same but with the bench, it has it has nothing to do with let's say my weight or whatever it is. It, but I, when I was lighter, I was lifting less. But again, I would, I would just wonder if it was because of your calorie deficit versus a maintenance or surplus. 
Um, I think that's a factor, but I don't think that is as big a factor as my weight. But I could be wrong with that. I could absolutely be wrong with that. I would. Well, actually, with any sense at all to be heavier, that would be any kind of advantage. Yeah, but it did, but it is. Try to tell you what, bulk. Try that for yourself. Bulk up to eighty-five kilos. Get a big bench and then cut, and then uh, see what what that does to your bench. We'll, re- we'll review. We'll review this com- conversation. Well, so right, okay, hold on. But see, there's there's one piece of that that's missing. But we will do that. We'll review in six months. Um, what happens if you go from bulk to cut, then rebulk in a calorie surplus for a couple of weeks, where your body now is not depleted but you're not quite as bulky you know it's like so so the the strength came right back while you were lean no that's it wait there wait there just like it 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 increased proportionally with as my weight went back up hilarious okay that's interesting that's pretty cool actually wait there sorry what what are the what are the cool points though is that i eventually learned to do muscle ups in the heavier weight which is cool. So then when I got even leaner, they got way, way easier again. So like I couldn't do it and I had to practice like hell to get it again and get stronger and more explosive. And then when I got leaner again, it, it, it translated to way better things. So yeah. the cool thing about it is that I lost the ability and then I had to regain it. And the skill, I think the muscle up now is less about strength and more about skill and more about the technique. Because even if I put in less effort and less strength, um, when you have the technique more refined and more efficient, it's a... It's easier. I was gonna say my my standard for, for body fat would be <coughs> I feel like that's a, a reasonable goal. And then obviously it depends, like Chris is there talking, for example, you know, bulking and cutting. It's like, you know, at the R end of your bulk, you might not have any abs, but that's remember, that's a decision. That's a decision to steer away from abs for another goal. But I think just in yeah. general, if you're trying to be overall athletic and you don't want to be you know, you're not actively looking for a bulk. It's like I feel like a good middle point would be some abs because obviously everybody's kind of fat storage changes. You know, it's like some people store it in their belly straight away, some people don't. But I feel like a good goal for the vast majority of people is like you don't need to absolutely dice. You don't even need to be able to have a six pack. But it's like if you can at least see a little line in the middle, can see a little bit of tone of the abs. I feel like you know we're probably carrying too much body fat, and that would both go for men and women. And I feel like there's lots of different ways that you could get your body fat measured, and so. You know, if you're just using a machine and that machine is unfavorable to you and you can't get that number, don't stress out so much about the numbers. Like, you know, can you see some abs? And then after that, it's like, right, can you see some abs but still have massively overweight legs? It's like, right, well, then you're probably just carrying abs favorably. So, again, it's like there's a little bit of... There, but I would say, I would say objectively, objectively, you're talking males, 15 to 20% body fat would be in that kind yeah. of healthy athletic range. Yeah. Females, 25 to 20%. Body fat is just a good general guideline for women getting below that 30%. Like, I know 99% of clients would be females pretty happy with themselves below 30% body fat. Typically, your address size eight to 10, depending on how you carry your weight. Um, and then for, for, for males, then you're talking 15 to 20% body fat. Once you're 20, I said, Chris said, you're looking good in a t shirt. Once you're 15% body fat, you're looking at a couple of abs, maybe a wee two pack, four pack kind of thing, and then you know, ten to twelve. Leaner than that. Leaner than that. Now, what do what do I recommend with there? I think it's more like what do I recommend you get to help really boost your self esteem, your confidence, and make you feel absolutely amazing when you wake up and look at yourself in the mirror? Is get to like ten, twelve percent body fat. I think that's important. Like, I feel like um, we have like an obligation to be like safe with our recommendations because you know 
like it's not our our job to sort of project goals onto people and all this sort of stuff but joe there is something to be said for someone who is like no i want to get in really really good shape they come to you they're really motivated they want to train as hard as they can so they can look as best as they possibly can because it's a standard that they want to set in their life and uh, i think that should be encouraged as well just as much and that the value of that should be encouraged like getting ripped and getting a six heart you look at yourself in the mirror and you like you're proud of yourself i think it's a really 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 a uh, good thing to strive for here's what i think is is just as important and if not like the crux of that is like the the key should be you should be able to do it like you might decide it's like you you don't want to be shredded that's fair because being shredded comes with an awful lot of cost but it's like if you're at the point where you can't get shredded because you're struggling with limiting factors in your lifestyle and your diet and your nutrition all that. if you're not shredded and that's a choice no problem if you can't get shredded because you haven't the discipline or the structure or the routine or the meal plan or the knowledge or the cookery skills it's like that is a big issue because now it means that if you ever do get shredded in your life it's probably going to be through some kind of extreme metric and it's not going to be sustainable or repeatable like on seasons like and so getting it like for me for example i get way more shredded in the summer than i do in the winter because i know my summer holidays coming up and that's my choice it's like i and again periodically now i will book in the winter seasons and cut in the summer season and i feel like that's probably a trend for most people who you know or in the fitness industry because they want to be a little bit leaner but i feel like again give yourself that permission to be that little bit heavier but again that only comes it's only it's only a choice if you can do the counter if you can't get lean it's like well then you know this isn't a choice this is your kind of stuck and i feel like that is a big problem and i feel like the behaviors behind the 12 percent the 15 percent 20 percent whatever it is it's like that's the key thing it's like are you able to achieve the behavior on demand or is this is something that you're still struggling yeah, i think with it's many. more a question of how long can you sustain the behavior i think that's kind of the real key thing because you know people yeah, can get and, can be- and the behavior but the behavior not the result because again like 12 percent body fat is like some people's body just doesn't agree with it. like they're they're going to be like starving there some people could walk around 12 percent all year it's like and that's why i feel like the, the emphasis should be the behavior um i don't i think another important factor is environmental as well like the, does your environment support these goals like that's one of the biggest things that you should be aware of when you're coaching people. Like some people are like, oh, I want to lose this weight, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I'm doing this, I'm doing this. But you know, if I'm coaching a teenager, Joe, and their parents literally don't give a crap about nutrition, you know, it's outside of their control. It's like, look, we gotta, we, <laughs> we gotta have a wee chat here about what your expectations are. Now you can train and you can build muscle and you can get strong and fit, but if you're looking to get lean and you're not, you don't have any control over your nutrition, you can't have a conversation with people about it. Um, your environment doesn't support it. Like, good luck. I don't think it's necessarily even just the ability as the person. Like, I think um, to your support network is really, really important too. True. Great point. But you can also upgrade that, again, through good communication. You, like, you yeah, know, yes. Yeah. 100%. But difficult conversations. So that would be one of the one of the limit factors. Again, we know from the precision nutrition course that we did, like, one of the key factors is environment. And it is your social support network. And it is your social group. Um so like Joe, if you're another one is partners and relationships. You know, if you're training, trying to get real, real fit, you know, and then every so often you have your other half being like, "Oh, let's go to the shop. Let's get some chocolate bars. Let's get some ice cream. We'll go to the movies." Or Joe, can we get a cake? I don't feel like cooking tonight. And um, stuff like that. Like being able to address those environmental factors is a key factor in your success. Like absolutely. One one I'm hammering home on lately is cooking skills. Can you even cook? Like, oh, yeah. and, then, and then another one, not just cooking skills, like do you have the utensils? It's literally taken me about five years to gather up 
you know the bare basics of the kitchen. You thing. you got stuff for Chris. You <laughs> you had stuff on your Christmas list for for kitchen stuff. Hundred percent. It's like it's because again, it's like we need to get to a point where cooking and looking after ourselves in terms of nutrition is a priority. And again, like let's talk about the level method. Like where are you? Are you a white band? Are you a yellow band? Are you orange band? Are you a black band? It's like can you bloody cook? And there's some people, and it's amazing. It's like I deal with people all the time and getting photos taken for you know taking photos for the food for accountability and the difference between some people's like literally like a boiled egg slice of toast and somebody else sourdough bread avocado this like just like but it's it's the mind for it. like they just have the skills and grain and somebody else is again it's just a white belt and again it's not a judgment call same as in the session it's like your white belt your blue belt it's like cool it's like what's the next step to get there so we have to start upgrading you have to start making terrible meals you're going to over salt your food you're going to over season it you're going to burn it it's like that's part of it you're it's going to be a beginner's tax yeah 100%. yeah do you know how many god love chloe do you know how many beginner's tax meals she ate for me i see me i see me <laughs> channel some australian guy, i think it's and that's what i reckon um and he said it's like you know all the spices is like when you fucking over spice something it's like you know the, the the dish just crumbles under the weight of your creative fucking genius it's like with you with your all your spices yeah. i'm just like that's what happens i used to think oh more is better and more again we do the same, we do the same thing with exercise nutrition we just think more is better i'm seasoning it i'm putting all the seasonings here it's like when sometimes just that less is more Exactly. Excellent. Right, cool, guys. We're going to have to wrap it up here. Um, just to kind of finish off, anybody does want to try out the Level Method system, see what we're all about, please do visit www.fightingfitnation.com. The Level Method provides uh, a simple but structured system to allow you to progress in a very simple, motivating way with the support of our coaching team and community. We'd love to have you be a part of it. So if you know anybody, please do send them our way. Um, with that said, guys, thanks for listening. Thanks for your time. And we will see you in the next episode. Peace.